Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, what is going on, people? It is good to have you back with me here. The Unfiltered Return continues. This one, a two-parter. This is part two of episode number 207. If you jumped ahead, you didn't get the first part. Went into a number of things, bounced around the postseason series, talked a lot about Bruce Bochy, got into the Braves and Philly series, talked about the Dodgers, the Kershaw scenario, and the situation with the celebrating of David Peralta. Talked about analytics, when to use urgency, when to use the eye test, and then delved that all into what I call, and, and I truly believe is one of the worst decisions I've seen made by whether it was manager hierarchy, organization, whoever, however, to pull Barrios in that game too, delve into that, broke that down, and teased a little bit about what was to come in this episode, including a breakdown of the Mets situation and where they stand, because I know a lot of people have been looking for that from me, get into some of the stuff that uh, I've been doing and get into that as well and break down some other sports and touch on a number of different things. So we'll kind of like smorgasbord style this whole thing. As always, we're happy episode 207 part two or any episode to be here, courtesy of our good friends at Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Latest odds, lines, and matchup reports, baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to get your wagers. Live betting and favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone right now. So head over to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today, get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V to get your 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. It's bet online where the game starts as we get started here, part two, episode 207. As I said at the end of the last uh, episode, part one, the Buck Showalter scenario could break down a number of ways, but I look at it in, in total as this not his fault. Obviously, partially to blame because he's the manager, was a for the team he came into than the team he was left with. And clearly, more than anything else, David Stearns, who we knew for a long time would be the guy and is the guy and is definitely the right guy. I don't think we need to discuss that. Brilliant dude, knows what he's doing, now can take everything he learned and having to kind of make chicken salad and squeeze the most out of the orange and all the you know different cliches you can give about what he was doing in Milwaukee and now dealing with the Mets, who are no longer what I call when the Wilpons were here, the Milwaukee Mets, but they are a New York team. We'll get into that in Steve Cohen here in a bit and get to do his best with it. But when a guy comes in, he wants to deal with his own people. He wants to bring in his own people. He wants to craft the organization the way that he wants. So I think we all understand that that's a large part of why Buck is out. Now, look, is Craig Council going to be the guy? I don't know. I clearly, if the Mets have any chance to get Craig Council, they should write him a blank check. The guy's as good as any manager right now in the game of baseball. And what he has done, you want to talk about maximizing what he can with what he has. He's been absolutely, I'd be brilliant. It's hard to say without cussing. It's brilliant, right? So if you got any chance to get Craig Council, you go get Craig Council. I don't think that's a conversation. But the Mets need a manager, and Council would be one who understands it. One of the great things about Counts and why he has dealt so well and in getting to kind of know him a little bit as, as a guest weekly on my show Inside Pitch for years, you know, his mind, he's so smart. But he took everything he learned as a player. Then working in player development really helped him get a gauge of what younger players are doing in a system, what necessitates them getting to that next level. And all those things play out when you're dealing in an organization like he was, where you have to play a lot of younger players, push guys into roles that they're not ready for, and move them forward when they're probably not ready to be there because you're trying to go ahead and save money. 
Now, the Mets may very well spend money this year. They certainly will the year following. We know they're going to go after Otani. We understand they're not going to sit there and just lay up and have a terrible year, and we'll get into all that and Steve Cohen here in a minute. But having all the young players that he has and having to learn how to build and how to grow with the Alvarezes and the Beatties and the Vientoses and the Jet Williams and everybody else, you know, all of the Acuna, everybody else that you could think of that they have, this is going to be good for them to have a guy like that. He's certainly a great fit with anyone and a great fit with this team. Whether or not he'll be available, whether or not this will be a match, we'll see. But obviously the Stearns connection helps out. Why Billy Epler is out, that's a whole other thing. Now, look, I've heard for years in covering the game and have often seen these, you know, phantom DL and now IL stints. But the Mets were sitting there, and I'm just want to, I don't want to get this wrong. They used the, the IL 28 times, which is 16th most in Major League Baseball. Not incredulous this year. So I don't know whether or not it's solely about the investigation for Major League Baseball. I don't. I don't know whether or not it's, as he said, you know, that because of that, he, quote, wanted David to have a clean slate, and that meant him stepping down. I don't know what else the investigation is, because a lot of that is tight lips right now, and the ships aren't sinking, and we'll see what, what comes with it here as the months follow. But I do want to say this. It's not fair to rip Billy Epler terrible, because not everything he did was bad. You know, a lot of people want to get on him, and, and, and I certainly... You could that, you know, look, leaving everything up to what Correa was going to do or not do, speaking of how great he's been in the postseason, by the way, again, uh, but what he was going to do or not do, and then the lineup having to go back to the Vogelbacks of the world and not putting Buck in a good spot where he had depth in his lineup and expecting too much out of this or out of that, or whatever the case may be, it all wasn't perfect. I'm not saying it was, but I also don't think everything he did was terrible either. So thank you for your service, if you will, from a Mets term, and that's it, you know, bye-bye and on to the next. Now, is David Stearns going to hire a GM? Does he have to hire one before this season? Clearly, you know, he's technically the GM anyway. They always are in this case. So he doesn't necessarily need to do that. We'll see if he does before the year begins. They might want to set up some structure. Maybe it's somebody who's a younger GM who could be in, in the process of learning and learn under Stearns. Maybe it is a James Click type or somebody else who, uh, you know, has got some experience and brings that to the table. Where, who knows? Remains to be seen. But one of the things that, that has really kind of been interesting to me about watching this whole thing from Mets Twitter, Mets X or Mets social media or whatever, and, you know, some of the things that have been said is, you know, especially when you're dealing with New York media. And look, I grew up listening to it. I had the pleasure of being on, you know, uh, you know extraterrestrial, as I called it, radio for, for years and doing a show for 12 seasons. And, you know, working nationally on the T side and the radio side, not having to deal with, you know, what it's like to be an employee at WFAN necessarily, not that that wouldn't be you know, a dream from growing up listening to it, but in terms of with the fan base, I, I, I only know it as a fan, but I know it growing up and calling schmoozer under the cover, Steve Summers, as I did when I was Casey in Massapequa uh, for years, when I wasn't supposed to be on the phone at 2, 3 in the morning, waiting on hold for 45 minutes and all of that. I know from that and I know from living there and going up in New York that you people are nuts and I mean that lovingly because I miss the hell out of it, right? I, I understand that, but in that world and in that bubble, I don't think, you know, some people understand that then working in that, you have to then take that to that, 
you know, exponential term and go out to a level that is unconscionable. You can't live in gray area. It's got to be black and white. This is my opinion. That guy sucks. That guy's garbage. This guy needs to be gone. That guy needs to be fired. That's the worst play I've ever seen. That's the best hitter I've ever all that other kind of stuff, right? All those superlatives, if you will. But this idea that Steve Cohen has been just as bad as the Wilpons is garbage to me. Now, has Steve Wilpon, uh, as Steve Cohen, Steve Wilpon, that'd be a weird, weird, weird science experiment. Has Steve Cohen, um, you know, outkicked his coverage, not performed up to snuff, you know, gone and, and made expectations higher than what he would come through with. And his whole thing about when he wanted to win the world series and what the hell do you want the guy to say in that spot? And oh, there was a press conference in the middle of this year and you wanted him to throw tables and he didn't throw tables. Yeah. Everybody got this whole thing, but I go down to this. All right. It's not all about effort when you're dealing in athletics and it's not all about effort when you're a GM and it's not all about effort when you're an owner. But when you're making effort with your money, whether you have it or not, you are then doing way more than the Wilpons were ever doing. I don't even want to hear it. And to quote the schmoozer, going back to the coupons, I don't even want to hear the idea that Steve Cohen's as bad as the Wilpons or he's been a horrible owner because you won 101 freaking games. How many times your franchise won 100 games? Go look it up. You won 100 games, and you were there. You were there with moves that, look, we didn't think Scher Scherzer would have never accepted if the Wilpons were owners, and the Wilpons would have never offered the money if the Wilpons owners even had the money, and we don't even know if they had the money because we couldn't even tell if they were broke for Madoff or cheap or just doing their Wilpon thing. I don't even want to hear it. It hasn't been perfect. It hasn't been all roses and Hallmark cards. I get that. But the idea that has been garbage, he's been terrible. You won 101 games the year before last. You had too much age. Right. Well, DeGrom, you shouldn't have given him five years, should you? No. So they went out and they paid Verlander. Did you think it was a bad move? It really wasn't. They got Senga, didn't they? I mean, like it's like the idea that this is, you know, look, Steve Cohen has not done everything correctly. No. He put his, a lot of eggs in some baskets I wouldn't have, and he hasn't. Look, there have been a lot that's gone on, but has he spent money? He's spent money. Has he tried? And, and I don't mean effort like, oh, he's made a good effort, and he ran to the flagpole and back as hard as he could when he was asked to do a lap. I'm talking about this dude spending his cash. He ate all that money to get prospects in a system that desperately needed them at the deadline and had a good deadline, which to think about anybody having a good deadline considering where this team was is unconscionable. It's crazy. Okay? So let's lay off and let's chill just a bit. That's, that is absurd. Where this team is going, they're going slowly, not very fast. Is Otani coming to the Mets? No, he's not. Will they offer him the most money? They very well might. Is he still going to take it? Probably not. Would you? I wouldn't. So I don't know what they're going to do, but I know David Stern's the right guy. You go get me Craig Counselor, somebody that I believe in, even some B-plus level of that, and then I got the right people in place. Then we're going to have a team that's going to have some youth, have some energy, and then you got to figure out where within those margins you can go and get better with, with the additions to what you already have, which includes that have worked like Senga, who was terrific most of the year. And a returning Edwin Diaz. So, but let's just lay off this idea that, you know, look, I'm not sitting there and saying I'm defending everything Steve Cohen has done. But do we not remember the Wilpons? I mean, you Met fans, some of you are just like morons. Sorry. Nuts.
So, you know, the, the Cohen grade, I, you know, look, the effort with the money is is pretty A+. Plus. The performance, pretty C+. Plus. They hit the, hit the somewhere in the middle. Then 101 wins in one season get you a B. Was he, was he out there, instead of Scherzer giving up seven runs, he put Max on the mound. He gave him two years on the roster. I just don't get it. Again, fault where it doesn't belong, fault in the wrong spots. I wanted to say this because, you know, I, I love talking about other things as well, in addition to just baseball, but, you know, kind of like putting them both in the same category. So, you know, one of the things has been just a, a blessing. And I think whether you're going through tough times or not, and clearly, look, I'm always very transparent. You know, I've dreamed of doing this for a living since I'm five years old. It was all I ever cared about as a kid. When everybody else wanted to be an astronaut, it is true. This is I raised my hand in first grade, and I said, you know, that I wanted to be Bob Murphy, voice of the Mets, and nobody knew who Bob Murphy even was. My parents used to come into rooms. So I was using a pencil as a microphone trying to sit there and, and talk Mets baseball, and I always wanted to do this for a living and be a broadcaster. And when you are fighting for dreams that are difficult and that people say you got no chance to do – it's difficult. It was hard when I was trying to do it in my 20s and nobody believed I'd ever get a shot. And it's probably even harder in a lot of ways in my 40s. Now I'm trying to be, you know, kind of get a resurgence and to do it all over again and climb that ladder again. So it's not easy. Not easy. Not easy from a standpoint of pride. Not an easy from a standpoint of you know, how to you know, make ends meet and working at, at a restaurant and doing all the things that I'm doing. But I think the message that I'm trying to send to you know, people who are out there who are having you know, struggles reaching their own goals and their dreams is that the only thing that matters, you can have low moments, you can, you can come close to giving up, you can sit there and say it, and spout out to a mirror or somebody that you know or love, like you're tired and you can't do it anymore, then you got to find a way to dust it off and do it again. And that's what I'm going to do until I can do it again, <clears throat> whether I'm 64. That's what I'll be doing 19 years from now on this damn podcast to do it again. But in the process of it, my love for baseball has kind of grown and in a new way, working and getting a chance to, to be a part of uh, my son's you know, baseball team and his experience. And it's, it's been so much fun. And it's been, it's been exhilarating watching him get a game ball a week ago because of, of, you know, his hard work and his growth and his improvement and his attitude. And, and just seeing that as a dad, it was hard not to cry. If not just, you know, forcing myself not to do it, not to be embarrassed in front of all those people at the park, but it's, it's been, it's been just such a humbling thing to watch you know, him, he's starting to play MLB, the show and, and all the things that, that like, you know, he, he was never really too interested in, and I would never force him to be interested in baseball. That's why I didn't care. But seeing him learn to love the game and then refinding that love for the game myself, considering everything I've been going through, it really has been probably the most therapeutic thing that that's happened to me here in the last, you know, two and a half, three years. So, you know, the baseball is just an amazing thing. People, it's an amazing thing. Well, I wanted to hit one thing on the way out that is not baseball, but yeah, I mentioned this in the last pod. You know, I love the UFC. I've always loved the UFC. I've always been into combat sports. And one of the things that I love about it is I love I, I love the characters we find underneath 
all of the strength and underneath all of the statistics and what they can do on the ground and how they are in BJJ and what whether they come from a Muay Thai background, Muay Thai background, or or whether they're wrestlers or what their pedigree is in striking and all of that and 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 how it all plays out in you know the the grappler versus striker striker or you know all of the MMA math that never works and all those things. But it is I have been hard pressed and I've been rooting for this sport and watch it for a long time to find a guy that I have kind of fallen in love with man crushed more on than Alexander Volkanovsky, who is just a stud. This dude in every way from his cooking with Volk videos on YouTube, if you haven't seen those to the way he fights to the, the way he has dominated that division to the way he fought Islam the first time. And I cannot wait for this fight. The fact that we're getting Islam Makachev against Volkanovsky too. Now in what 10 days as I do this, the fact that we got Stipe and John Jones coming up at the Garden in November, that 296 card with that matchup of Colby Covington and Leon Edwards and all the others from Shavkat against uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson and uh, you know Ian Gary is on the card. He did so many great fights. I mean, the UFC is closing out the year in style. And the fact that Conor McGregor back in the, in the sauna pool and we're looking at him for UFC, UFC 300, if you are not a fan of mixed martial arts and you were like me, grew up a big fan of boxing and it took me a little while and then eventually I saw Tough the first season and then that, like a lot of people, that Griffin Bonner fight just kind of sold me. But if you were like me and you've been a boxing fan, you're like, ah, I can't get into that in a cage. And what do you mean they're wrestling? And what about all this other stuff? I'm telling you, you're doing yourself a disservice. Get in while get in while it's hot. And never been hotter than this. The way they're about to close the year is just bananas. We are just opening our, I guess, part two or 3.0, if you will, based on podcast studios and where we are on the podcast. I'm so blessed uh, for those of you who have kind of stuck with me and those of you who send notes of support and all of that stuff. I really, really am appreciative. Definitely get in with me on sports talk anytime you want on life. I get those two um, people who have gone back. And if you haven't and have watched and listened to those life pods, um, I don't know that I've, I've felt the same way when people have told me things about sports in my whole career is when people have made comments about some of these. So certainly you can get in. Talk about anything from uh, you know fatherhood and, and parenting to baseball to you know what comedy is the latest that I've seen or when is the next season of Cobra Kai going to come out because I'm counting down the days. All of that we can count down here. We count up this part two of episode 207 in the books as always, and it's good to be back. Unfiltered is brought to you by our good friends at Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.